How cool is it up here though? It's so nice and it's so quiet as well, mm. isn't it? talking about the mighty rockers yay and when did we show rockers at cuts do you know what was it one of the early ones it was really early it was my i think it was my uh i think it was my second choice so it must have been in kind of like march april or something of, yeah. uh, what year? Christ, how long is it? It's, Two years ago. We've lost a year. Yeah, and and we, before we lost a year, we've been going for three years. Three years. Oh, I don't even know when it was, but it was one of the early ones, and what a great choice. I don't think many people in cuts had seen it. Many of our. I, I, I got the impression that not many people that came to cuts had seen it like with there were there were definitely it attracted a, a rockers crowd didn't it it sure did there was a guy who came in with a bongo drum yeah and dreadlocks yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that was that was kind of surprising i i didn't realize it had i mean i knew it had a cult following but i didn't realize it had such a cult following um yeah there was a guy with the bongo drums there was there was just a there was just a very different like we usually get the same people coming pretty much the same people coming every every month yeah right? and um yeah there was there was a there was a definite different definitely a different crowd which was great it was great to see some new faces um and but then the people that the people that normally the people that come you know regularly the regulars the cut sluts yeah that's what they're called they uh I got the impression that they hadn't even really sort of it wasn't even on their radar at all which is kind of it's kind of understandable because it's not really a filmy film yeah it's, it's a musicy film really more than anything or a kind of like culture film or I don't know I don't know what the term for it would be but um, I found it when I watched it last night I thought to myself this is like watching a very long music video yeah yeah and at one point I went to the toilet which is right next to the lounge and I left the door open while I was taking a pee I chose not to stop the film because I, I couldn't face stopping the music yeah thought, nice yeah you know what? I'll be in there and I'll I'll do a wee and I'll be able to hear the music yeah and the whole thing lulls you into a beautiful relaxed calm place but before we go into that I, I mean you you know more about when the film was made 
who directed it and all of those geeky bits do you want to yeah sure sure share some of that so um the film was made in the late 70s um and it was directed by a guy called um ted bafalukas greek greek a greek guy and um he his kind of his background is music and um and and, and and being in the music industry, I think mainly as a photographer to begin with. Yeah. In New York, so he moved from Greece to to America, kind of late sixties, early seventies, kind of thing. And then in nineteen seventy-five, thanks. He um. He moved to. Cheers. He moved to Jamaica, for Island Records. He was um. Uh, taking photos out there for Island Records and um, the Island Records that Bob Marley was signed to yeah yeah the Island Records wow. yeah and and just kind of loved the place and lived there for for you know a few years just loving it getting to know people and um, and, and what really wanted to make a documentary about reggae he kind of he loved it so much he was like I've got to document this because this is amazing that 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 era was the kind of the golden age of reggae, roots reggae. Well, reggae started in the 60s. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So it started in the 60s. I'm not like a massive reggae fan. Um, I love reggae. I don't know all that much about it, but I was reading up a little bit about it for this. Mm. And and this guy, this uh, Ted Bafalukas guy was saying between when it started in the 60s and the kind of mid 70s, it was controlled by like, or not controlled, but there were just the same 20 people producing all the music. So like all of the, all of the kind of instrumental parts, it was all the same people. They mm. were just playing for like 20 different bands. And, um, and it kind of all changed in the mid seventies when, mid to late seventies, when, when um, more, more, kind of people were introduced to it or more you know it got more serious it wasn't just a thing that um that that rastafarians or the the sort of the the you know the very small minority of people were making money from started doing so, mm -hmm. so it kind of it blew up in the mid 70s and more and more people started making it and um but they're, they're all from like these really kind of impoverished places. there was no money in it at all really they were just kind of real people mm, mm. just wanting to make music and stuff and he wanted to document this and, and, and kind of record it for posterity and um, and then somewhere along the line decided that anyone can do a documentary it's kind of it's easy like what's the point in just coming out there and 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 documenting something that anyone can do when you know I he, he, had, he had a kind of he, he, he saw, I guess he thought he had a, a talent for writing mm. um, and thought I can I can write a story around this kind of um, this movement and make it much more interesting than just the documentary or photographs or whatever and like record a real story around it kind of thing that kind that 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 um, encapsulates what they what the people that are making the music stand for right yeah and i think he succeeded in doing that totally 100 percent. yeah but a lot of the people were like uh, you know this i'm not an actor i'm just a musician what you know how's this gonna how's this gonna work 
so that so what he managed to do was convince all of the not all of the big people he didn't he didn't choose Bob Marley but he convinced all of the big reggae stars of the time so Jacob Miller Jacob Miller amazing Jacob Miller Gregory Isaacs um, there was a, a a guy who was sort of um, pushing DJing to the forefront and kind of playing records and 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 chatting over the top so like um, like the for, forerunner of rap music uh, big youth Kiddus One or something they Kiddus One yeah, yeah is in there um, Burning and, Spear and, and Horsemouth the, the the protagonist the main actor Burning Spear yeah Horsemouth was the kind of the legendary drummer of all of the reggae bands so he was an actual he's not an actor he's an actual he's the drummer um, who plays in all the bands and is like all, not all but most of the rhythms most of the kind of drum patterns and stuff that they used they were they were his yeah. and um, and and that's just insane to think that this is it's just a bunch of musicians and they and and they've made this film now I, like the story isn't great okay it's not it's not you wouldn't you wouldn't watch this film for the storyline you wouldn't watch this film for the acting the acting is like kind of uh, questionable. It's questionable at best. Yeah, yeah. Terrible at worst. Mm. Uh, and um, but it, it's not. It's not about that. Like, it's not about that at all. But anyway, let's get onto that in a bit. Um, so he managed to convince these guys to to record a film um, of their not of their life, but a story kind of centered around their life. And I think the idea was that it would it would be as real as possible. So. So it would kind of, it would be a documentary, but a film, right? So all of the things you see, all of the way that the, the people behave, all of the kind of, um, uh, kind of, uh, what's the word? All of the meetings between people, you know, the parties that they're having, all that kind of thing. It's all as it would be. Yeah. Right. Just, just kind of, almost kind of chaotic, but um, but just really. Um, natural natural yeah, it, it, yeah yeah when I watched it it was lovely because I actually did think it reminded me of films like Sotsi which was that film set in township in South Africa and you get that whole grassroots street urban kind of feel there was another one around the same time as Sotsi that was about the Rio slums or the, the slums in Rio I don't know what that film was called. I was planning on finding out what it was called today. I, I watched it. Oh, another one you mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, Emperor of the Sun? No, not Emperor of the Sun. That's the Japanese one. Another one you mean? I can't remember the yeah, name of it now. I yeah, know, but was... it's it tracks like a couple of kids going around and 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 just being kids and growing up in in the slums in Brazil, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the yeah. one. And just a raw, real feel to it. That's yeah. right, and you get to see these people how you would imagine them to be, and really happy and really lively lots of energy but there's also a dark side a dark uh, yeah. undercurrent the difficulties yeah. of like survival really in 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 that in that environment yeah and also there's um so the thing that's really interesting about it is all of the people are from there right there's mm. no act there's no real actors they're all they're all people that he just found like everyone from um horsemouth's wife that's his wife mm. and they're his kids mm. uh and um, and you know the the kind of the sort of semi the, the the girl he finds attractive, they just sunshine. she was sunshine. Yeah, she was uh, she was just 
from a village near the near that guy higher you know the kind of the rasta guy who he goes to for, to get oh his guru his, his guru yeah, yeah yeah so she lived in the kind of village along from him yeah and even that guru guy is he you know, that's that's what he that's that's him that's real that's that's what that's what he is the real deal and the opening scene in the film is oh, magic because incredible yeah you see them playing drums and singing and passing around their pipe and it, you, you were thinking is this the start is this how long is this going to go and it goes on for a while it does you're playing and you get that rhythm from early on and then the bass kicks in and yeah. i found the whole film has got that offbeat which is reggae isn't it, it yeah yeah and it, it it infuses the whole thing yeah yeah and the story so the story i don't know it's it's an old film isn't it i know it's, so steve was saying earlier on he hasn't he hasn't actually seen this seen this yet so um so he's gonna you know sort of check it out based on based on our podcast i don't want to I, I don't want to give too much away but i mean it's an old film i mean yeah. we're going to talk about the story right i mean yeah, of course you got to um the story as i said is kind of it's really it's, it's, it's just really simple i had and 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 it sounds like Bafalukas just had this idea that he wanted to he wanted to show like how he wanted to show how sort of peaceful or how kind of like I think a lot of people think of what goes on in Jamaica as being quite rough and there's quite a lot of gangs and there 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 were a lot he was saying there's 600 kids died the you know one year that he was there and he was he was petrified that something was going to happen to one of the people that was in the film and it was just going to just going to oh. stop to stop the progress you know because if you know somebody had got shot you know there's because they're all living there they're all like, they're all there scene. yeah and yeah. and apparently guns were and they, they were like a big part of everybody's life but it, it was so bad that even like 12 13 year old kids would get a hold of guns and they wouldn't know what they're doing. They just go around and they would just kill people, right? Police so, hunting. Yeah, they would guns just guns and ammunition. Yeah, they would. <laughs> they would just. It. It was just nuts. And he was shit scared that, you know, someone would just get in an argument or not even an argument. You know, a kid would just come up and they would, you know, they would just do what kids do, but in a deadly way, yeah. which is which is mind mind boggling. Um, but the Rastafarian movement was kind of peaceful and yeah. they wouldn't ever there was there's a line in the film isn't there i would i would never bear arms i would never beat someone yeah, I, when that guy pushes him over yeah you, i i thought for a moment is he going to fight back and he pushed him over this is horse mouth yeah he lands on the ground and he gets up with dignity and yeah. you feel for him and you think you know you did the right thing yeah yeah <laughs> but that's their move that's yeah. their kind of that's their beliefs right mm. so they don't there's no they don't they're not violent they're not violent people it's not a violent religion and reggae is the vehicle for Rastafari to get their ideas out. Yeah, isn't it? it's like yeah, um, reggae and, and and Rasta is one thing. It's like yeah. it's it's all part of the same thing, and obviously smoking shitloads of weed. Yeah, plenty of which, it. <laughs> which is really like that was really why, that's that's how I knew about the film. So like, people joke about it being a kind of you know it's sort of the most real reggae film and 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 film about life in Kingston at that time that you can get like it's it's as real as it can be but it attracted a shit ton of like middle class kids or like middle class parents who kind of want to get a feel for things and mm. their and their and their weed smoking kids who just wanted to 
watch loads of people get really high and, and play amazing music yeah, and yeah. stuff, right? So that's, I remember somebody saying to me, oh, you've got you to gotta watch Rockers because it's incredible. Yeah. And, and watching it and just being mesmerized and just, just absolutely loving it, which is why I wanted to show it at Cuts because it gave me that feeling and I wanted to, I wanted other people to, to, to sort of have that feeling. You wanted to share the beauty of that film and I had never seen it until we showed it at Cuts and I was completely taken by it. It was such a spiritual feeling and it, you, you float along with the film. Yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. I, I was watching it last night and Joe started watching it with me. We are sitting on the sofa and Joe's never been into reggae like I have, but she loved it. She loves reggae and she loves it when I play Peter Tosh or yeah. Jacob Miller. Yeah. Or of course Bob Marley. Yeah. Um, and she, at one point I, I looked next to me and she she had like put her head down and her eyes were closing and then opening again and she was still watching and then every now and then she would open her eyes and she felt so relaxed yeah. as I did. Just rolling with it and even even like because the the patois is quite hard to understand. You got subtitles to kind of help you along, but you just kind of—it's so melodic and so kind of—you mm. just get caught up in it, and 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 you know, you just sort of, as you say, you sort of float along and roll with it, I guess. Yeah. So the story, Joe. What? What happened? So Horsemouth. Horsemouth, yeah. So he, he's the he main is himself. Character. He plays himself, yeah. So he is a reggae drummer. He's the main character. He's the protagonist, and he uh, he wants to get himself a motorbike. So he's kind of he's going around. He's asking all of the people that owe him money for their money that they owe him for playing playing gigs or or selling records or whatever. Um, he asks him, he's, you know, he's, he's getting all of his money in. He speaks to his wife, you know, what money have you got? I want to get myself a bike and I want to become the hardest salesman in Kingston, in Jamaica. Yeah. And uh, I want to go around and I want to sell records. Uh, so I'm going to get this bike and he manages to do it. He goes and gets a bike. He buys a bike from Gregory Isaacs. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, the, the, guy, the guy who plays the bike salesman is Gregory Isaacs and, uh, and gets this bike. And just the just the kind of the interactions between people is just it's just such a different world. Yeah. I mean, it's just everything's it sort of feels like confrontational, but it's not. It's yeah. it's just you know it's conversational in a way, but through kind of this thing that to a British through British eyes, and I imagine sort of South African eyes to a, to a degree as well. I don't know what it's like growing up in South Africa, so you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but. It kind of, you know, in, in in Britain we're reserved, right? So it's kind of like, well, hello, or everything, everyone's polite, like apologizing if someone stands on your foot, that kind of shit. Yeah, it's totally different, different totally different. Oh, and and he get the part I really loved was when he goes to the record factory where yeah. you make the records, and there's a scene where you see this blob of black tar, yeah, dropping down. And Joe said to me, "What's that?" And I said. It's vinyl. vinyl, yeah, and it drops down, and you can see the thing pressing it. They're pressing it's the plates beautiful. there and then, yeah. yeah. And he, he paints the petrol tank on the bike. That's right, yeah. Or the he, Lion he gets of Judah, someone yeah. else to paint it, and yeah. he wants the Lion of Judah. Yeah. Oh man. So he gets the bike. He gets the bike, <clears throat> and he's chuffed to fuck. 
he goes off, he gets the records, and there's one scene where he's kind of, it just, there's people playing football, right? They're just having a, a game of football. Mm. Enjoying a game of football, suddenly it pans across Horsemouth's like driving his motorbike through the middle of the game. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. And they realize it's him, and he's like, look at my new bike. Yeah. <laughs> And they're all cheering and sort of patting him on the back and stuff. It's uh, it's just yeah, it's just it's just got so it's just, it's like a nice sort of tonic. It's like a kind of um, a palate cleanser for life as we know it, and mm. life that we're living through, and the kind of you know the, the 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 sort of the way that people interact here is just sort of it's totally totally different. Yeah. So he's got this bike, goes and gets his his vinyl. So I was reading about this bit as well. It got to the point where people were producing so much music and they had to get their music onto a plate and out to people so quickly that they got they perfected the art of pressing the plates and were doing them in like a couple of hours they do the recording race it down to the pressing place get the vinyl on and take it around to the record shops and stuff but the next the next bit is the bit I love where he's taking all of the vinyls around to the record shops and he's kind of you know talking to the people talking to the people behind the counter and stuff and trying to sell them the, the the records and he gets the one Randy's Randy's records I think it's called yeah and he goes in and uh, and it's just there's it, just it's it's just raucous is the only way I can describe it it's kind of there's people dancing there's someone having a fight there's two guys yeah. having a fight and stuff and he walks along and there's people dancing mostly men that's what I noticed yeah too. yeah because I think that whole Rastafari culture is very patriarchal. They, women are meant to be at home and, and all of that, which was interesting to see as well in, in this film. Although there is respect for women, he, he respects his wife, but his wife gives him the money and he goes off and she's looking after the kids. Yeah. And he's going off on this weird kind of jaunt in a way. Yeah, yeah. And, and she says a lot of times, doesn't she? You know, all you do is you go away and then you come back and I'm here with the kids the whole time and when are you going to spend some time with us kind of thing it's like oh don't worry about it I you know I'm fine I'm just doing my thing I'm I've got I'm making I'm making sales and stuff and she's worrying about money the whole time and he's kind of preaching I guess the idea of of, of Rastafarianism which yeah. is you know money doesn't matter material things it's not important and he gets crossed with it he says why yeah. do you always worry about yeah. money and yeah I yeah to yeah do so at this place, there's there's lots of men dancing, and yeah. he kind of walks through, and you see them. It's it's a lovely jovial vibe, and I can feel the heat and the warmth. Yeah, that's one of my uh, favourite scenes in the whole film. Yeah, it's, it's very brilliant. good, very good. And then then the unfortunate things happen because you get to to love Horsemouth, and you 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 kind of understand what he's doing, and you enjoy his bike and his mission, and then. His bike so gets. his bike gets stolen. Yeah, his bike is stolen, and uh, and he's at some crazy party. One of his buddies, another big, another big person in um, in the reggae industry, is DJing there, and uh, he's handing out vinyls, or he's trying to sell. You know, he's selling his wares, mm. and um, goes back to his bike, and it's gone. And uh, he's like, "What the fuck? Yeah. Someone's someone's." Someone's teeth to my bike. What the fuck? And then he gets the DJ to announce it. He goes up to mm. him and he's like, my bike, my bike. And the DJ has this microphone that's got this beautiful tinny echo. Mm. And you can imagine that playing above reggae music, which is what I realized throughout the film is there's this beat and there's always a lovely soundtrack. And even when people are talking, it could be a reggae lyric. The yeah, way they're totally, talking yeah. above the music. Yeah. Yeah, 
Um, and then he goes off to um, to play in the in the hotel, right? Yeah, as a drummer. As a drummer, yeah. Oh no, so he's fucked off about his bike. This is this is great. He's fucked off about his bike being stolen. Where does he go? He goes around to Burning Spear's house. Yes, and then they have Spear, <laughs> Spear. I've just my bike's just been stolen. He's like, all right, come with me. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you down, take you down. Let's go down to the docks or whatever it were, yeah. wherever it is. And they're sitting there and uh, they light up a spliff each. And then suddenly Burning Spear just starts uh, chanting, singing um, Jano Dead. Jano Dead. Jano Dead, Jano Dead, Jano Dead. And Horsemouth's just kind of, yeah, he's nodding, he's nodding along, yeah, Jano Dead. And they don't say anything that he just sings. There's no, yeah, there's no dialogue in that, in that scene mm. at all. It's just uh, sitting down, lighting a spliff and, uh, and, and, and the singing. We try to fool the black population by telling them that judge and gay. And he tried to fool the black population by telling them that judge and gay. High and I knows God, John O'Day. John O'Day. And apparently the recording of that was amazing was just incredible there were all these things that were going wrong that particular day for for ted and the team and uh and he was you know borderline kind of feverish and feeling shit and they finished up with that scene at the end of the day you know it's dark outside right so the moon's coming up and stuff and uh and it wasn't it wasn't kind of planned it wasn't rehearsed it just kind of happened right yeah and they and they filmed it, and apparently there's a massive crowd of people behind watching as well, because you know these were like the superstars of the yeah. day, right? And uh, completely unplugged, mm. just their voices and the sound of that stream or the river. Yeah, and there were so many people, people, there was not a sound. Everybody was just completely silent, and it was just apparently just the most incredible thing. It happened on the seventh of July, so seven seven nineteen seventy seven. And the number seven, two sevens coming up against each other is apparently a significant number in, in Rastafarian culture as well. So it's like a oh. real kind of, you know, he was thinking it's like a, a potentially bad thing as well. These two sevens mm. coming up against each other and his day was awful. And he's thinking this, you know, this is he was involved. He was getting sort of not sucked in, but he was kind of feeling it. Right. So he's thinking, shit, man, this is this is the significance of the day. And then that happened and he just apparently felt just sublime just incredible oh, and all his anger and yeah hate or whatever was going on because his bike was nicked melted away drifted away with that stream and the beautiful sound of burning spears voice yeah i was born in 1977 were you yeah so it's a significant year yeah. what's you're may aren't you yeah so uh that, yeah that's, dude. that's so lovely to for us to be talking about a film that was made before you just before you were born and just after I was born yeah and to think I grew up through apartheid South Africa where the the African culture was removed from us we, we, we weren't really allowed to experience it or explore it I do remember listening to Bob Marley I think that's one of the few artists that came through there was no stopping Bob Marley not even apartheid yeah. could stop people hearing that music and was it big was it like a big movement over there was it or you know it's difficult to say because I grew up in a segregated white community and yeah. I'd, I'd love to think that black people were 
embracing reggae at the yeah. time you see i didn't know which is yeah. unfortunate and that's that's the devastation of something like apartheid it yeah slices away something so important and then to to come to england and start getting a perspective on things and what happened in south africa and then coming across rockers and new reggae i i remember the first reggae I, I listened to was UB40 and I, some people would argue that that's not reggae but I, I, I loved UB40 and I went to a concert in Cape Town I think it was well no it was actually Pretoria because yeah. I lived in Johannesburg it was in Pretoria and I went with my aunt Auntie Shani yeah yeah who's a, a great fan of the What's in Your Shed podcast yeah yeah and she was with her partner called Paul and I remember waiting outside the stadium and there were crowds and crowds of people and this guy got up onto a plinth type thing next to a fence and he threw big branches of marijuana plants wow. down onto people and I, I must have been about 12 or something and I was like what's this I, I, are they they're literally throwing dacha which is what yeah. they called it down onto people but it's actually it's just the plant you know the the stuff they smoke is the flower the yeah. bud and all of that but yeah. i thought oh my god this is bad you yeah. know it's <laughs> people are throwing this weed around and i got to listen to ub40 which i've always loved and then of course bob marley mm. peter tosh fantastic yeah. but they were all i think reggae movement was also about black power yeah. and um, it, they spoke really important messages yeah, about yeah. freedom and race yeah. and all of that. Yeah. So that's why it was probably banned. Yeah. A lot of those artists were banned at the time because it was too political. It was yeah, too controversial. Yeah. So the things that would come through were Bob Marley. He went back to Jamaica and like tried to kind of, um, well, I think succeeded for a year. Got like a, a truce between all of the big gangs in Kingston and mm, things. Mm. And, um, and and they had a year of kind of peace on yeah. the streets. Um, so yeah, it was it was a very political movement. Yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. But so, so where were we? Sorry, Joe, I took us off on a No, 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 that's cool. That's cool. We were, we were talking about the story, weren't we? And yes. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so he's um, he's just uh, had his bike stolen and gone for a, a, a kind of pep talk from Burning Spear. Mm. And um, and then I can't. Has he, he? He's already. Sorry, we miss a bit where he's played in the hotel. He played with Jacob Miller and his band in, in the hotel. <laughs> that song the, is so good. Another another amazing oh. amazing scene. And the one the one song that I'll listen to over and over again from that from that soundtrack is just incredible. So 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 what you what you are. Dreadlock and live in a tenement yard. Dreadlock keep living in a tenement yard. So good. And he's got that silver microphone and he. He stands there and he's like moving his shoulders and he throws the microphone from one hand to the other and yeah, kind of like yeah, yeah, spins yeah. it back and he's young and he's quite chubby he's big, compared yeah. to the others yeah. but he's beautiful like I love that scene so yeah, much when so you good. first hear him sing his voice is so sweet Dreadlocks get living at tenement yeah. Dreadlocks get living at tenement and after the film I was on Spotify 
and I was like, what's the name of that guy? What's the name of the guy? And I remember looking up on IMDB, the cast and the soundtrack, yeah. and then I went through the soundtrack and then Spotify'd each of those people. Yeah. And Jacob Miller was the one I listened to the most. Definitely, and then yeah. there's Peter Tosh. There's a so Peter Tosh, yes. Yeah. So they're all they all they're all coming. They all came from the same kind of area, right? And Peter Tosh, although he's not in the film, he was he kind of grew up with all of them. They all went to not they all, but like a bunch of them went to the same school, which was kind of like a, a nun-led kind of school for delinquents or you know people that had maybe lost their parents or something. And um, and it had a very music. They really encouraged music. Uh, into the film, uh, into the into the kids, and um, and they all became the reggae crowd. Yeah, not yeah. they all, but you know, a big group of them became the reggae crowd. So Peter Tosh was one of them. The other guy, who's um, I think he's a saxophonist. Um, what was his name in the film? Dirty Harry. Yes. His, his kind of his right right hand man basically throughout yeah. the film. Um, uh, yeah, was this? He was from the same group, um, which was cool. Yeah. So he played at the hotel, and the hotel is run by this big kind of businessman and uh, his his beautiful daughter is watching the band play and Horsemouth goes off for a smoke and she follows him and uh, and, and they get chatting and you know they're just kind of chatting right and uh, and and he's kind of you know he's he's flirting they're flirting with each other as well and um, and then you know that all ends he goes home and uh, and then the girl is going home with the kind of the evil guy that runs the restaurant one night he gives her a lift home and um, he says oh just wait there a second I've just got to go and do something in this warehouse over here so he goes off and she gets out and she's wondering what he's doing and uh, and he's pulling things like TVs and bikes out of a van and he pulls out Horsemouth's motorbike and uh, she's like oh well, in fact, the scene just ends there, but she's obviously like, that's Horse, Horsemouth showed me his motorbike. That's his motorbike. Yeah. I know that's his. And she phones him up and says, I know where your bike is. It's here. And uh, and he goes and he checks it out and he finds it. And he realizes that the hotel's run by the mafia, the local mafia. And, uh, and, he's, and he's fucked off now. He knows where it is. He knows who stole it. And he's kind of, he's annoyed. So he goes and gets his bike back. And... Um, and in doing so, the bad guy, the restaurant owner, finds out somehow that the bike's gone and he knew that it's Horsemouth's. So it must have been Horsemouth that's gone to get this bike. So he has him beaten up quite, quite badly yeah. as well. And, uh, and Horsemouth then goes off to the, to the guru guy. Into higher. the mountains. Yeah. That scene when he's going up the hill, you get the, the impression that this guy that he goes to is godlike in yeah. a way he's a leader and he's the one with those the biggest dreads I've ever seen yeah when he turns around on the very first scene and you see this matted dread lock all the way down to the ground the, pretty yeah, much yeah yeah and on that scene when he's going up into the mountains I was thinking of Blue Mountain Jamaica coffee oh yeah and I don't know why I've got this scene of what the Blue Mountains I guess it is a mountain Blue yeah. Mountains what it must look like and it's green and lush and warm and such a good place for him to go to to re recharge or yeah. to get well yeah 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 so he gives him all these kind of like um po not potions but you know he's mixed up a medicine kind of to 
to feed him to, to kind of encourage him to get better and stuff yeah. and he spends it's not clear how long he spent there but it seems like he's been there a while because his wounds have kind of healed up and stuff haven't they and he's there and he's just being kind of um, made better by the kind of the the local he's the equivalent of a priest whatever a Rastafarian priest is yeah and um, and so one of the things the director was saying was that I mean that's what that guy does he that's that he is a, a genuine a healer. healer right he is they weren't acting that that's how he would treat people if they came to him kind of thing yeah and um, and apparently one of the one of the um, crew got sick one day with something and he had one of his his potions or his sort of drinks that he'd mixed up and I don't know what the thing was that he that, that he had the ailment that he had but apparently felt amazing afterwards oh, cool. I want to know what's in that drink <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I don't know it's, this Guinness is quite nice <laughs> you chose that um, and when he's well he comes down the hill and he goes he, he bumps into his mother is that right he bumps into his mother that's that's so that he goes while with Haya, he goes off to see his grandma, his grandma, yeah, mm. who's a, um, a Baptist. Oh, so it's his grandma, not it's his, his grandma, okay. yeah. So it's his grandma, and she's um, she's a Baptist, and they're doing um, baptisms in the lake, aren't they? And he and Haya are just watching them kind of do this thing, but they're they're chanting and singing, yeah. And uh, and it's just an incre- it's just such a moving scene. Um, they're kind of laughing at the the sort of you know the the things that they're doing because they're kind of weird to them because. You know they don't believe in in Christ and all that kind of thing. They don't follow Christianity, but the 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 songs that they're singing with the baptism. I was thinking, if church was like that growing up as a kid, I'd be all <laughs> over it. It was it just it's so kind of rhythmic and yeah, kind of just made you want to sort of dance along to it kind of thing and get involved. And in in South Africa, they had the Zionist church where it was. Christian based yeah and they would have services on a Saturday I think it was odd because it wasn't a Sunday could have been Sunday but pardon me for some reason thinks it was Saturday and they'd go up into the hills we'd call it a copy yeah and they would all wear white Uh like robes and things and they would sing and dance the whole morning and you could hear them from the road nearby you would hear the Zionist service going on yeah and this scene reminded me yeah of that and they would do baptisms in rivers and yeah all outside yeah 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 it was a really moving scene um, and uh, and he goes off and he sees his grandma and he's kind of telling her about the bike being stolen but he's got a plan and uh, and she's trying to kind of she's sort of bless you know, Lord bless my my grandson and trying to kind of she feels that he's you know not on the right path or whatever right so um, yeah it's quite it was quite amusing and I think I was just sort of standing behind just laughing like, yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever <laughs> um, but yeah so uh, so he has that kind of encounter with his with his grandma which was which was nice and I guess it, it must be in there for a reason again the director wanted people to see that this is this was life you know this was yeah. ha- this is this was really happening like you say it was similar to what's happening in South Africa um, and after that so it's, it's clear that he's come up with a plan of what to do about the fact that his his bike has been stolen by these guys and, and they're onto him kind of thing he knows where the warehouse is and uh, and and the the next the next sort of section of the film is about him kind of getting his 
friends together to 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 do his plan aren't they so he's kind of he's gathering the crew <laughs> and from that point on there's not much conversation there's a lot of music and there's a lot of music yeah. a lot of action you see people moving about doing things and last night when I watched it I felt it got a bit psychedelic I don't yeah. know if other people experience that but you almost lose track you you know what's going on but it's all so uh, I can't it's difficult to describe it's mesmerizing it's it's again that whole relaxing yeah. vibe it might it might be where the, the story was quite sort of light <laughs> so it was oh, just kind of filling just stretching filling. it out yeah. <laughs> but there was an amazing scene after that wasn't there where he he, he goes with his with his buddy um, Dirty Harry he, they go to the soul bar yes 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 so I he's out and he and he's he, so he's, he's he, they're sort of they're, I can't remember why they're 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 sort of just. I think he just wants to get together with his friend to talk about what's going on, and uh, and they go out and and find this soul bar and go downstairs, and they're looking around, thinking, you know, there's all these people dancing to disco and soul music, and it didn't quite fit, did it? And 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 yeah, and they were like, well, what the fuck's going on? Let's let's put a change to this. So they yeah. storm the DJ booth. Yes. <laughs> And they say, now you'll need to listen to some Roots reggae music. Yeah. And he puts some he puts some reggae on and everyone's like, what the fire? What's going on? The owner comes down, he's like banging on the yeah. door. The police come down and, uh, and, and he's just like, move your ass, get out of here kind of thing. <laughs> and, uh, and, and they're just playing the reggae and saying, you need to listen to the, to the Roots. Yeah. And, and the contrast happened a couple of times for me in that film where Horsemouth meets, or we meet, Sunshine's parents, the wealthy parents, yeah. and they go to that hotel, and that's yeah. the the side that's very different. That soul side was very different to reggae. Yeah, and I was taken in by the reggae side. I felt that they were far more in tune with the planet and totally, and yeah. the water and the flow. Whereas these other groups had a layer between them. Yeah. So they were that little bit removed. And I suppose you see that across any society. You see the groups of people who are really in tune with what's going on and the others who are chasing some kind of richness. And Yeah, yeah, they're caught up in kind of the material world. Yeah, and this film is a an attack on capitalism yeah, in totally. a way. Yeah, yeah. That and also, you know, being at one with nature and, and you know, the, the line about, you know, not worrying about kind of material things and wealth and money and stuff. Yeah. Stop chasing that. Just be at one with, with yourself kind of thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was, um, it was a nice, it was a nice message and, and poignant now as well, definitely. Very much so. Yeah. So they, they, they go through this party. That's a random scene, like the scene on the football pitch where he puts his bike through, but it all makes sense at the end you can see why yeah that was put in those places yeah definitely so after that is where i stopped concentrating i i was completely absorbed in it yeah yeah but and then it got to the end where i, I don't know what else happened but am i right in saying they got to the point where they cleared this warehouse out yeah well so he's gathering his 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 friends his buddies he's getting the crew together and then it becomes almost like a kind of heist movie 
It's like Ocean's Eleven or something, yeah. but, but, but reggae. <laughs> and they did <laughs> and, have a fight. And not cheesy. They did fight the security guard. They, they fought the security guard. Yes. Yeah, so they were, So that's the thing they were saying. It's like I wouldn't ever. I wouldn't ever. Um, hurt another person um, unless they'd wronged me first kind yeah. of thing um, there's another there's there was a, a a bit that I missed which I think was just around the burning spear bit where he does a kind of he breaks the fourth wall at one point and he looks into the camera and and, and kind of has this um, uh, these few lines where he ends and it's a fame the line that he ends with is a famous one from I used, I used to be really into um, drum and bass jungle and cool. there's a there's a famous sample or a famous uh, not famous there was a sample that was used in a tune that was that was kind of popular um, that was taken from rockers I didn't realize until I'd watched it the last yeah. you know sort of fairly recently and um, and it's about uh, uh, how you know Babylon are ruining everything Babylon being the police so it's, the, you know they don't do anything they're not they're corrupt and all that kind of thing and then all of the youth will witness the day when Babylon will fall is how he ends it and it's just kind of a, a like a, a kind of I don't know just sort of chest thumping kind of moment I and I do don't deal with violence I and I is peaceful Rasta man I don't steal cheat that's it I man serve Selassie I continually no matter what the weak heart say and I know that I and I is like a tree that plant by the river of water and not even the dog that piss against the wall of Babylon shall escape this judgment. For I and I know that, I and I know that all of you shall witness the day that Babylon shall fall. Yeah. And you said he broke down the fourth wall, which I've never heard that expression before, but so am I right to say that's when someone talks to the camera, they're out of that film and they're talking to exactly, you? Exactly, yeah, yeah. So they, it becomes, uh, you, you're sort of involved, you're, you're involved in the film at that point. They're kind of, they're breaking out of that and then you're in there he's talking directly to yeah, you yeah. I think, yeah and for a film made <clears throat> in the 70s I mean you've got all of that happening now so much with so many films and reality TV and all of that yeah, yeah. Deadpool was the one where it was used loads yeah yeah but I mean it's been done it's been done throughout kind yeah. of cinematic history I mean it's kind of not it's not necessarily a new thing but it was kind of, it's it, it changes the it just sort of brings you into it much mm. more it was a quite powerful powerful moment yeah and ba Babylon I read up about this is the the place outside of Africa so Jamaica or anywhere there's a Rastafari movement outside of the motherland yeah so Africa Ethiopia is where Hail Selassie yeah the Emperor of Ethiopia from 1930 to 1974 he was seen as a prophet some people saw him as Jesus yeah yeah like that second coming the son of God yeah and anywhere outside of Africa was Babylon yeah and it, it had links with the I think in Israel the, the Jews were exiled out of wherever I don't know where it was but they ended up being exiled to Babylon. Yeah. So the, well, so I guess out of Israel, they were sent out of Israel. Was that that point, or was I, that later? I think so. I don't really know enough about that history, but it is it is Babylon. Yeah. So went. that's interesting. So that was kind of like the central point of the world for them, and then everything outside was Babylon and kind of the other yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mad. I didn't know that. I knew that there was like a big movement. Um, Marcus Garvey is like a famous political guy from Jamaica. In fact, the scene with Burning Spear was filmed in uh, Marcus Garvey's um, birthplace. 
and uh, and he, his idea was that he wanted to get he wanted to get all of the black population back to Africa back mm. to kind of the motherland and and in, and and they hold as you say in Ethiopia they hold this place of being the kind of the place to go yeah. kind of thing um, Abyss Ababa or something Addis Ababa uh, Addis Ababa isn't that the capital, capital. of Ethiopia yeah um, and uh, yeah so there's there was a, there was a lot of that there was a lot of sort of talk about that in, in a lot of the music mm. around the time yeah so um, what, what he's done the the this the speech to us he's spoken to us and he's spoken yeah. about Babylon yeah that, so that had happened before it was just the kind of like I, I wanted to talk about that just because it's kind of like a major it's, it's quite a major point in the film yeah it's very important uh, yeah and it's just yeah um, so that yeah so that happened and then where were we so he's he's got his crew together of you know the the reggae guys so the Jacob Miller is in there and Gregory Isaacs <laughs> yeah. is in there and uh, Dirty Harry and then a few of these other guys so there's like famous guitarists in reggae and um, and other reggae stars um, and uh, and they go off to get everything back from the from the warehouse they've got this idea they've got this um, <clears throat> they've got this big lorry and a couple of vans and they go out and they clear out the uh, they clear out the warehouse they clear out the, the restaurant guys um, flat as well so they just take everything from that and uh, and they drive it all back into the town and it kind of the film ends with the people coming out of their 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 houses and just being shocked and just seeing all these things like TVs and dishwashers TV. <laughs> and fridges yeah. and bikes and they're just like what what's going on yeah. so it's a real kind of Robin Hood moment uh, where he's he's found these bad guys doing these bad things and he's just like you know fuck them let's get their things and give them to the people yeah yeah i remember at the end of the film when people were picking up the tvs they they weren't sure at first whether they should take them or not yeah and everyone came out and started taking stuff yeah and joe said to me what, what happened and i said they've stolen from the rich and they're giving to the poor he said but it's still not theirs <laughs> and I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I, I, I feel the Robin Hood story is good. If you yeah, totally. Them. Yeah, but it, the thing is, the point is, it was theirs originally because it was stolen from. Them. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was okay. stuff that was taken from the people by the bad guys and then taken from the bad guys and given back to yeah, the people. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't matter where it went, whether who got the right things or the same things as before. It's the people's things, right? So it's That's definitely fair. a good thing. That is. That is. It was a lovely way to end the film as well with that giving back to the people and yeah. Horsemouth was at peace yeah. and reggae continues. Reggae won the day. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, amazing tune at the end. And uh, yeah, it was bliss. It was brilliant. I loved it. I, I, it's a film that I, I hold dear to my heart. When we played it at Cuts, I was a little bit worried just because it's not, it's not a filmy film at all. It's it's like a couple of people said, oh, you know, it's a bit, bit of a shit film. It's like, yeah, if you look at it as 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 a film, it's a shit film. But if you so apparently when it went to Cannes, it, it blew everyone away. It came, it was screened at Cannes on the same day that Apocalypse Now was screened. 
Oh. You imagine that first time that screen it can. And there were apparently um, police horses and riot police um, called out to the screening of rockers because people wanted to go and see it so much. They, there were no tickets left and people wanted to get in there and there was a big thing. And um, people, people absolutely loved it. The next day when the French papers reported it, they said, this isn't a film, this is art. It's incredible. It's oh. so real. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, it's not really, it's not, you can't really, when you're watching it, if you're thinking, oh, I want to watch a really good film with a really good story and stuff, forget it. it you know, you're not going to get it from, yeah. from rockers. But what you will get is a magical kind of snapshot of a, uh, or a snapshot of a magical period of time in a crazy different place to, the, to, to where we live, where you get to listen to some amazing music and just get sucked into this kind of completely different life yeah. that these people are living. It's like, it's, it's brilliant. I can't, I can't really explain it more than that. You can't, there's no sort of technical, oh, the film's this and the film's that. It's just such a nice feel good. It totally is. I was, when I watched it at Cuts and when I watched it last night, I had this permanent grin on my face the yeah. whole way through. Felt like I was doing a face workout, <laughs> and and I was rocking. Yeah, yeah. Because I I love bass and the yeah. reggae bass and the drums are so special. They're so different. I was sitting on the sofa with this massive grin on my face, swaying back and forth, side to side. Joe was sleeping so peacefully. She had this beautiful green jumper, kind of the yeah. same color green as my hat that uh -huh. I'm wearing now. And I looked across and she looked so peaceful and I was grinning away, tapping my feet as I'm doing now and I was, I was swaying, dipping so back and forth, left, right. Well, what a way to spend an evening. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there was, um, there was, there was one other thing I was going to say. What was it? It was um, in the interview with, um, so weed is obviously, we mentioned that it's a big thing in the film and, and there's a lot of weed being, being smoked and uh, one of the, one of the things that this um, director, um, Bach Lucas, was asked was, so obviously you were smoking weed when you were there as well, right? And he was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> he was like high the whole time. And then they, said, they asked him what the weed was like in Jamaica. He said, terrible. <laughs> Apparently it was really bad weed. It was like even worse than the stuff that you get in New York. So I guess it's just, I mean, they smoke so much of it. It must be, it's kind of like, you know, the weed that just grows yeah bushweed yeah. they call it don't they it's like just stuff that grows and it and it sure grows a lot of it i think in the one scene where he's going up to did you call him higher the the healer yeah guy? i think he's called higher, higher yeah when he's going up you do get a glimpse and you see some weed plants if yeah. you look carefully yeah 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 it, it is that bushweed it's in volumes and i think they smoke the leaves and everything i think it's all part and Perhaps Bafalukas was more used to the bud and the strength yeah, of that, yeah, and yeah. who knows? That's funny. That's a good story. <laughs> and the dancing as well is just they. Some of the moves are just awesome in the whole film, don't you think? Oh, in I, particular, the Randy's <laughs> records scene. Yes. The dance moves in there just, oh. just fantastic. I mean, there's so many favourite scenes of mine in that film, and and one more that sprung to mind was when. Jacob Miller who turns out to be my favorite character whenever he was in a scene yeah. my face lit up even yeah. more and he's eating oh yeah and then burning spear horse mouth whoever come over and he's really focused on his eating and he's like with his hands 
what do they try to take some of his food and then they then he he's like fed up and he chased <laughs> them down the the road or something no one touches my food yeah <laughs> <laughs> if he loved his food so much i don't know why he ran off and left it there but i, I assume he came back yeah. to have his food I'm so glad you you chose that film for cuts it was such an eye-opener and if you love reggae you will absolutely love this film it is the bible of reggae for me it tells me everything I yeah. get that whole visual aspect of it as well which I never had before and if you don't know reggae or you've heard it a bit Watch, this is the film to watch. Watch Rockers, yeah. And the, another another thing about that that you're saying about the aesthetics, he chose specifically not to include things like the tropical beaches and the palm trees and focus on the people and and the kind of the real, the, just the thing that's real about yeah about living there, which isn't going down to the beach. Yeah, he got and, and enjoying tropical beaches and stuff. It's just trying to survive. Yeah, he got that right. He removed that layer mm. and he put. Put the cameras right on the ground he put it yeah, where the yeah. people were where it Definitely. was happening yeah yeah and it gave the, you a real kind of it it gave you a real sense of being there kind of mm, thing yeah mm, and the fashion oh, i love clothes you yeah, love clothes yeah love the fact i love the hats oh, like fantastic. if only i could get away with wearing a hat like that yeah. it's like a woman's kind of pink and black geometric shaped you kind could of, get away with it oh man it was amazing and just walking down the street wearing it with the most confidence. Yeah. <laughs> just a swagger. Yeah. And I noticed his shoes had had a slight Cuban heel on there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, fantastic, Joe. What yeah. a great, great film. And you said this evening when we were walking up here that, well, maybe, oh, I don't know when you said it, maybe through a message today how it was so uplifting well, I don't know what your words yeah, were it was, how um, special it was it's, yeah it's, it's, it's the idea of, um, of it being like a kind of um, just a, a palate cleanser for life it's yeah. kind of like a it's, you watch it and you just forget about any of the shit that was like we're going through a lot of things right now right with yeah. COVID and all that kind of stuff you just, it's gone you just don't think about it at all you're in their world yeah it drifts away yeah um there was one other thing I was going to say. Oh, I was going to say about where we are right now, which is an incredible place. And looking down on the twinkling, twinkling lights of uh, Oxford. It's beautiful. I can see the, what's that called? The Chilterns. Yeah. Where the M40 goes towards London. And in the daytime, if it's clear, out on the horizon, you can see the Chilterns and then you can see a cutting where the M40 runs through. And really? That's the part Stoke of the Church. road where you come through and there's yeah. that, that fence, I think. And it used to say along the fence, why do I do this every day? Do you remember <laughs> yeah, that? I do remember that. And you can see it from that part from here. No way. I've never seen that. I'm going to come in the daytime and yeah, check it out. It's, it's lovely. This is, we're next to a beacon. It's behind us, beneath the moon and the stars. Oh. And the beacon is almost like a medieval style it's a pole with a basket on top and the you fill it with wood and you light it and on the queen's jubilee they lit it and we came up here with all the scouts and stuff cool and there's beacons all over the country and they they light them all at the same time and there's one further down west or somewhere and you can just about make it out on the night when they light this one cool 
we were in on the edge of a farmer's field and we're on our own we're on our own and there's there's no one around all we can see is the lights can't really hear anything it's it's it's, it's a beautiful thing warren yeah it's a good spot and and i brought a candle I know in front and it flickers against your face and I can see the orange light <laughs> I was just getting the idea that that was a fire as well and that was really nice and then I looked down there's a candle I was like I'm not going to get any warmth from that but it is a beautiful thing it is lovely and and so special because it reminds me of when Burning Spear and Horsemouth were together in that in your favorite scene when they sing when he sings John O'Dea yeah. and it's been such a special evening because I've been feeling up and down I guess a lot of people have and you kind of get bored of what's going on and this evening I wasn't in the greatest of moods and I'm usually in a very good mood in fact and walking up here dissolved everything and then yeah. having the privilege to talk about rockers uh. I felt privileged like watching it again thinking we've got a chance to talk about this and yeah. share it with other people yeah it's so special and I, I feel lighter I feel yeah happier. good that's it it's the tonic it's the uh, it's the it's the cleansing uh, it's a cleansing thing that rockers can do to do to you yeah for sure speaking of tonic should we, should have, we have another bit? Homebrews, yeah? Oh yeah, let's have a homebrew. 